the Mel Gedroyd Podcast. Hi, it's Mel G, and this week on my little podcast, we will be talking about A, knits. Yes, you heard it, those little critters that uh, sort of lurk around in your hair. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about anchovies. possibly the least loved fish in the sea, but we're going to be flying the flag for the little humble anchovy. And I am going to be donning my crisp tartan cape and giving you some advice straight from the hip, straight from the hip, in Telmel. And if you like that, then please have a listen to me every Saturday lunchtime from one o'clock on Magic. Uh, I can promise you chat. I can give you some great songs thrown in and a whole lot of other things besides, which I'm not going to tell you about now. You have to listen. (laughs) Ha ha. Bush. Hello, Mel. How are you, love? I'm good. It's good to have you back. You Thank okay? Thank you so much. I'm very, very, very well indeed. What an amazing tan you've got. Let's just get this straight out, straight away. You've got a brilliant tan. Uh, would you say it's Judith Chalmers, David Dickinson, <laughs> or uh, Rylan? I think with the shoulder pads you're wearing today, you've got to look at Chalmers about you. It's Chalmers, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's sheer Chalmers. No, it is really, really lovely to be back. I'm feeling quite laid back, actually. Good. Quite laid back, although, you know, it's been an interesting week. Um, It is good to be back in the mix. Slight issue, though, has occurred. Slight issue. Uh, I need to discuss something with you, Bush. What's going on? So I went to the hairdresser uh, pretty much yesterday, actually, let's be honest. Yeah. And, um, you know, to have a little bit of a zhuzh, a little bit of a lift, shall Mm -hmm. we say, into the winter months, Mm -hmm. a little bit of a trim. Yeah. Really, really embarrassing, mate. Full knits and eggs. Oh, my words. I nearly spat my coffee out then. Full nets and eggs. I didn't even think that was still a thing anymore. Yeah. So you... (laughs) Louise, Louise, our beloved producer, has actually backed away. Wow. She has backed away in her wheelie Austin Powers chair. She is horrified. I just thought I'd be honest about it. It's a taboo subject, but we can talk about anything on this show, and my goodness, we do, Bush. And what was the reaction of your hairdresser when she combed aside your hair to discover that little uh, colony going on? It was so embarrassing. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I have to say, the suburb of London, where I reside, mm-hmm. we've had a terrible issue with nits and eggs. It's been an outbreak. There's been months, just literally from head to head to head to head to head. So have your, have your daughters had nits? How did you get them, do you think? I think I possibly caught them off a member of the family. Not necessarily a close one, possibly a more distant one. Who knows? An early Christmas present. Yeah. Didn't, had no idea. So, gang, all I'm saying is, if any of our beloved magic DJs start itching their heads, yeah. you know who to come to to blame. If Kim Wilde suddenly <sighs> is having a good old scritch, or Astley, or any of the gang, any of the gang, send them to me. I, can, I, I literally can't believe it. Yeah, shock has descended. I'm, I'm going to try and come up with some medicinal advice for you. Good. Silence. Wow. Shock. Lads, I'm sorry, I'm an honest person, and I just thought, come on, let's just get it out there. Yeah? You've started itching, both of you. I do, I feel a bit itchy. Anyone else feel a bit itchy? Yes, Even at I home, do as well. a bit itchy. I do as well. So you just, you were, the hairdresser discovered that you had nits. Very, very embarrassing, mate. How do they very, get nits out? What do they do? Very, very embarrassing. Uh, she got out, um, it wasn't like a proper knit comb, but she got out a closely toothed comb. Oh. And then I ran to a pharmacy, 
sort of laughing hysterically, but also deeply mortified after the hairdo, <laughs> and um, got this broke out the comb, and I was just doing it in the street. The indignity of it all, having to ask for that in a pharmacy as well, must be mortified. I blame the kids. I literally said, "Have you got any uh, knit treatment for children?" <laughs> like that, looking round in case anyone you know happened to be within earshot. Look at producer Louise itching away as we speak. I've never seen anything like it. Louise is now a lot barely looking me in the eye. There's no eye contact going on there. There at really all. isn't. And we are worried about a magic wide outbreak now because you, Mel. You know, we, do you have to like you know the one where they they make someone stand against the wall in the car park and, and cover them with that white dust? Yes. Is that what so we're going to have to do just here? Keep your keep your eyes open. That's all I'm saying. Is Vosine yeah. the shampoo that you use to get rid of, of nits and stuff? Is that good? Oh, do you need some Vosine? Do you remember that from when you were kids? No, Me- it won't do it, my love. No? People say tea tree oil possibly helps. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? They, you actually because because there are so many nits these days. It's it's been rife. Yeah. As anyone with kids out there will know, compared to the seventies, it's like it's like nitageddon. Now, <laughs> it, it really is because whether it's because of global warming or whatever, we we're, we're not kind of killing them yeah. properly in the way that we used to. Um, there is a place apparently in North London which is a specialist knit salon. Wow! So kids, possibly with parents with quite a lot of money, go and they have like zapping combs. Love that! Like almost electronic combs that you know they like that. Like the thing you get in the top of a kebab shop that fries flies. Exactly. A little bit like that. <laughs> it's time for the topic pot, Mel. Whoa. A little added extra just for those people who have been good enough to listen to the podcast. And by the oh. way, if you listen to the podcast, leave yeah. a little message at the bottom. Yeah. You know, you can leave comments. Oh, that's good, yes. Give you a mention. That'd be yeah, nice, wouldn't it? That'd be, that'd be super. Always opening up, always opening up. In this jar, as you well know, if you're a regular to this podcast, um, the people that we work with at Magic in the office have written down questions for us to answer. Can I just ask one thing about that. I never see people actually doing it. Is it one person that does all of them? One no. guy called Terry. No, we've got we've got a love nice bunch of people. Yeah, no, I've seen them through the glass and I love them. <laughs> yeah. No, but I love them. I just don't get to know the kind of, you know, the HQ, the engine room as much as I possibly should. Because it's anonymous, it's allowed them to go into the darker recesses of Good their man. mind. Let's keep it that way. Ask really weird questions yeah, like let's this. Let's keep it that way. Oh no, what do Snog we got? Marry Avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel, David Attenborough, Mick Jagger. Bruce Forsyth. Oh, this is a wonderful one. <laughs> okay, so so David obviously is a total ledge, ninety years old, um, not the filmmaker, but his brother. Yeah. Uh, Life on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jagger, uh, and who was the other one? God, uh, Bruce Forsyth. So Bruce. Which okay. One are you go for. I'm saying Mary Attenborough. You're gonna marry Attenborough. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm, I'm saying Mary Attenborough. Then. I mean, the you know, come on. Are you would you? Mary Attenborough? You know, great times chatting. I, I would think, you know, like that older couple who have a posh house and goggle box and they've always got like a crazy background wallpaper. Yes. You'd be like that. You'd have a lot to chat about with Attenborough, yeah. wouldn't you? I think. Um, and also, yeah. No, no, I was about to say something awful, which I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go there. Now, so we've got Snog and Avoid. Snog and Avoid left. I'd, I'd worry about crushing Jagger. Yes. I snogged him. I'd worry about crushing him. He's a very petite little man. He's like a little bird, he's isn't tiny. he? He's there's nothing. He's like a little twig. I I interviewed him about a year and a half ago. So you know, right? I know what he's Tell like. me. What what are his lips like? Uh, his lips are huge, of absolutely they are. huge. Of but the rest of him, he looks like a little tiny witchfinder general from uh, like the seventeen eighteen hundreds. Little tiny man. But actually, you're right. The lips are good. He's got big old lips on him. What about Bruce's lips? Um, 
I don't know. Mm. This is really difficult. I feel by going by marriage for Attenborough, you've put yourself in a tricky situation here. Do you think? Yeah. I wouldn't want to marry Brucey, though. No. I mean, you know, a comedy legend as he is, and yes. fully bow down to him. Yeah. Um, would, if you snogged Brucey, would it be a kind of... <laughs> it, within the snog? That might be difficult. I, I And I don't want to say these words ever, because I do love Brucey, uh-huh. and he's an amazing tap dancer. Yeah. I'm going to have to avoid Brucey and snog Jags. Because even though Jags bodily is like a little crisp of nothing, (laughs) the lips are good. And you know because you met him and you saw him. And you saw the lips moving. I saw the lips in action. So let's just clarify, marry Attenborough... Um, snog Jags. Snog Jags and give Bruce Forsyth oh, a wide berth. I can't believe I'm saying that. There you go. I feel I'm betraying him. What about you, Bush? Um, I would... Uh, I'm with you. I'd marry David Attenborough. Copycat, yeah. Uh, he'd already go to bed early as well, so he could what, what she want on telly, no, I reckon. I don't think he would go to you bed You think he'd early. stay up late? I think he's. I think he's got real legs. Oh no! I, I would think only he's got marry him. Party legs. I would literally marry him just so that you could go to bed early and I could watch what I want on telly. Oh, that's terrible. I know, but like, I don't. I'm not really that into him. Imagine what you'd learn about the natural world, Bush. And after a while, him going on about like I don't know, kingfishes and that get on your nerves a bit, wouldn't it? Knock it on the head, Dave. <laughs> I'm trying to watch Gogglebox. Uh, Mick Jagger. I would. Uh, I'd avoid him just uh, for balance. And hang I'd on, give... you've interviewed him, and you're saying you'd avoid him. I would say a, a big bulk of the people I've interviewed turn out they're not that nice, are they? Really? So I'd probably just avoid him. Okay. Um, oh, was he not nice? Uh, he was. He was okay, but yeah. he's a very. Prof- he knows what he's saying. He's a particular man. He's a very particular, he is a particular man. man. And I would just for balance snog Bruce Forsyth. There you go. I just swallowed really heavily in a kind of slightly panicked way. I would snog Bruce Forsyth. Would it be a long snog or would it be a short encounter? It'd be the You know when my daughter is forced to give her nana a kiss on the cheek? It's that kind of like... No, 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 Bush. It's a snog. It is a snog, isn't it's, it? It's not a kiss or a peck. What would your hat... Where would your hands be doing? Would you clasp him? Would your hat... Would you... How would that work? I'd gently you... hold the back of his head and then put cradle. the other... Cradle yep. his head and then put... Do that bit, you know the bit they do in movies where they put your hand on his cheek to really go for the kiss? I'd give him one of those kisses. I'm seeing almost a dipping tango move here, Bush. Is that what you're saying? Lean him back. You're going to lean him back, cradle his head, let his, because he has got very long legs, sort of, you know, do a little flick. Yeah. And then you move in, so you're the dominant partner in the snog. I would be the dominant partner, and I imagine with Bruce Forsyth, if you got him excited, just the top of his wig would raise a little bit as well and flicker. <laughs> oh, oh, Bush, so many images to conjure with. I feel a bit dirty. I feel a bit dirty, a little bit. I feel like I might have to have a shower with all my clothes on. You know what people do in movies and just slide, yes. s- sat down in the shower. We've learned a lot today, Bush. <laughs> we have. We've revealed a lot and we've learned a lot. Maybe we've revealed a little bit too much. Bush, what day is it? Mel, listen to this. Today, would you believe it, is National Pizza with the Works except Anchovy Day. Oh, that's very, very strong. This is an, Say honestly, it again. This, Say it again. It's an actual Pe- day. Pizza with the works, except for Anchovy Day. Yeah, it's basically a day designed for people who like pizza but cannot stand the idea of anchovies being on it. Did you make it up, Bush? No, it's honestly true. It's a real national day. Where? Is it in America? Everywhere. 
Well, what I've got is three amazing facts about anchovies. Oh, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm now picturing, I've got a little jar of anchovies yeah. at home in the cupboard, and I love the way they look. Yeah, they're lovely they're, little things. Aren't they sweet, swimming around? I mean, not swimming around, obviously, but, <laughs> but hopefully not. Um, they're little sort of sweet, the way it tapers off at the end. The and cute little like, faces little brown, on them. Yeah. Well, by the end of these three facts, uh, Mel, your, your relationship with them will be a lot closer because you'll know more about them. Come on. First of all, the anchovy fishing period goes from March to September. The oh. best bait to lure in an anchovy is crab paste. Oh, oh, that's slightly, um, that's almost cannibalism, isn't it? It is in a bit the fish weird. World? Is, yeah, I thought it would fancy something that's a bit That's a bit odd. There you go. Second fact. Yes. Fishermen prefer to fish anchovies on nights with a full moon. With their silvery body, they shine when they're in the water under the moonlight. Oh, Slightly magical. So are they fished... I'm sorry, I was about to ask possibly the stupidest question that's ever been asked, ever. You don't fish for them individually. That would take too long. That would take a hell of a long it's not, time. Not on a rod, is it? <laughs> I don't it's done think with it's a big done. net. Of course it is. Final fact. Good. Domoic acid. You ever right. heard of Domoic Acid? No. The suicidal death of seagulls, which inspired Hitchcock's The Birds movie, oh, was yeah. caused by a toxin called Domoic Acid. Right. It accumulates in anchovies and is ingested by seagulls. In fact, it can be highly poisonous in large quantities. So what you're saying is the anchovy acts as a natural cull for the gull. Yes. Which is possibly quite... We've got too many gulls in the world, haven't we? There's far too many seagulls. Seagulls used to just hang out by the sea. They... They're everywhere now. They are brash. Aren't they? I was eating a Cornish pasty this summer yep. in Cornwall. I turned away to discuss something with my husband and literally a girl flew and nabbed the whole ruddy thing. Greedy I was, beggars. I was pretty much in tears. I kid you not, Brixham, my hometown in Devon, Mel. Yeah. Big story in the Herald Express local paper. A dog was picked up and carried along by a seagull. No. A yappy style in a bag dog, but no. either way it was picked up by a seagull. And what happened to it? I don't know. I don't know the full story, but it was it was at least carried a mile. Let's go for a mile. Gull napping. Yes. That listen, that red letter day was extraordinary. Thank you very and much. I thank you for it, and I look forward to next week's with with anticipation. Now Bush. I must ask you, how's your week been? Well, thank you for asking, Mel. My week has been good, but I feel like I'm under pressure today. Oh, no. This evening, I'm going to my friend Jeff's house. Yes. Good old Jeff. Yes. And we're old doing school pal, isn't he? Old school pal, yeah. known him for years. Yeah. Uh, him and his lovely wife, Sarah, have invited us over for dinner. Yep, yeah, nice. Uh, and here's the thing is you get in, you know, a lot of times with dinner parties, people bring a thing that they're famous for. So anchovies? I'm going to bring a tin of anchovies, bring them over with me, yeah. crack them out, pass them around as you do. But like, Jeff's going to do his curry. Uh, my girlfriend's going to bring her lemon drizzle that she she does. Ooh. I think Jeff's wife Sarah's going to do like the starter or whatever, but I've just, it's just dawned on me today because someone said, oh, and Andy, can you just get some beers? Oh. I don't want beers to be my thing. Oh, Andy, is that what you're... I, I called you Andy! That I, was really weird! I know, it's weird, isn't it? Oh, that's so odd. I've never called you Andy. I feel like I've done something wrong. If you call me Andrew, then I really am in trouble. Oh, it's weird. Oh, that was weird. But I, I but... need to be famous for a thing, whether it's like something that I can cook. And it's homemade. It's got to be something you've made yourself. And I thought if we come up with something today, I could cook it or do it and then bring it in on the show next week and like you and producer Louise could like sample it and tell me whether I'm on the right track. Because I like to be really famous for a thing, whether that's it's really good idea. pies or mulled wine or something. What can I do? So, you've got, so far on the agenda, you've yep. got Jeff's curry. Jeff's got a curry. You've got the lemon drizzle. Yeah. Um, so... <sighs> what can I maybe, bring to the party? Maybe something um, along the line of a canopy. Ooh. Something, yeah, something a little bit... Also, that means you get in there first... Before everyone else's stuff Because there's going to be... No one's going to be that interested. 
if you know you've got the curry on the go and the lemon drizzle, yeah. you're going to have a lot of competition there. Yes. Yeah. So maybe something before the dinner actually gets underway. The problem is, Mel, I'm not very good at cooking. I'm quite bad. Mm. Uh, I'm. I've got no sense of timing. Um, I burn a lot of stuff. I'm quite bad. I'm quite a bad man. How about this? <laughs> quite a bad man. <laughs> I've suddenly seen it. Yes. I've seen what it is. Can you, you visualise it? Is it I'm just visualising. Hovering above speak. my right shoulder as we speak. Cocktail sticks, a rolled up anchovy. Whoa. With something that's going to complement it that I don't quite know yet. Bush has done a picture of what he imagines his uh, his hors d'oeuvre, hors d'oeuvre is uh, going to look like. It's a sort of cross between a lozenge and a, and a shoe, what he's drawn there. It looks a bit like a loafer, doesn't it, unfortunately? Yeah, doesn't it? Well, basically, what we've decided, yeah. uh, which I think is a very, very good idea, is is working with the anchovy, as we have been for most of the show, mm-hmm. uh, an anchovy starter on a sort of bruschetta, let's be pretentious, let's get it out there, yep. a bruschetta-type crusty bread yep. with avocado. Uh, I'm actually salivating. I'm salivating, just even thinking about it. A tomato... tomato you won't need any salt on that because of the anch. Yep. Um, and I'm saying a little gnats of lemon juice. So you go in, picture the scenario. You're at Jeff's house. Yes. You go in, you've already put them on a plate bush. You've done that outside, okay? In the car. In the car. <laughs> in the Uber. You come in with a plate. Let's call it a platter. Yeah. With... Possibly quite a lot of attention focused on you, which is what you want, after all. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, Jeff always gets the attention. Oh, he loves it, doesn't Jeff he? Jeff always loves the attention. Loves it. So you've got, on the platter, you've got your lovely lined up, um, you know, toothpicks. Yeah. What are they called? Cocktail sticks. The cocktail sticks. <laughs> cocktail sticks. You've been to many dinner parties, Mel, I can tell. And at the end of the cocktail stick, you have the Bush Mini Bruschetta. The B M B sounds a little bit like BMP, but it's, it's fine. And it's gonna—he's <laughs> doodling again, stress doodling. But I'm going to try and make these up, prototype, and then you, you, um, and producer Louise can try them next week. On I the want show. you to bring them in next week. Bring a photo, please. Because it's something I want to be famous for. Yeah. So are you saying you're going to bring the real thing in? I'm going to bring week? this in, so we can actually taste rather than just look at a photo. Exactly. It'll Tip go top picture. It'll be that kind of thing you get where you maybe you've drawn a prototype of a thing and then you yeah. see it come out of the factory yeah. and you think. I make that. People are going to be, <laughs> they're going to be crowding round yeah. your platter bush. A hundred percent. That's what I've always the yearned duck for. Build, the duck build platter bush. <laughs> Should we dip into the topic pot? Let's do it. There we go. Oh, I'm rustling. I'm rustling. We're going to do Secret Santa this year, by the way. We're going to do Can Secret we do it Santa. With three of us. Yeah. With our beloved producer Louise. Yeah. With three, is that enough for Secret Santa? I think so. I think yeah. we can do it, yeah. Who knows who's going to get what for who? We could do multiple. Could do multiple presents. 18 presents, three people, two-week period. <laughs> yeah? Never been done before. <laughs> right, hang on a sec. Oh, dokes. this is good. Uh, what brand of shampoo did you use in the 80s? <laughs> that is the weirdest question. Even the it's one great. about snogging Bruce Forsyth wasn't as weird as this. I know exactly. Would you? Absolutely, exactly. I never bought it myself uh-huh. because I was only a slip of a thing. I was barely, I was barely out of nappies in the eighties. Bush, we all know that. Uh, it would have been a large supermarket brand, possibly citrus flavour that the whole family dipped into, and it was always there on the side of the bath. One size fits all. One size fits all. Isn't it ironic that by random we're talking about hair products, Mel? After you admitting on this week's show 
that you've got nits. I had nits. I don't know what came over me, but I just felt, you know, in this topsy-turvy world that we're living in at present, yes. I just feel a little bit of honesty has to cut through. I think you've, you've started yeah. as we mean to go on. Yeah. Honesty and working yeah. together. Uh, do you know the thing I had in the 80s? What was the name of the um, shampoo that was shaped like a sailor? And matey. A, is that matey? Right, I've got news for you, Bush. Like that? Yes, it was matey. Yeah. I've got news for you, my love. Okay. That wasn't actually a shampoo. Wasn't it? No. It was a uh, bath foam. Oh, God. <laughs> so it might have been slightly on the cheaper end of yeah. the scale in terms of shampoo. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might be wrong. Did you have a lot of dandruff in the 80s? I just had very unmanageable hair, well, as, as I still I do can, to this day. I can say... You you were washing in the wrong product for yeah. probably many years. God knows what I was cleaning my teeth with. <laughs> was it toothpaste? I don't know. It came out of a spray bottle. <laughs> Kept under the sink. That's the stuff. Vim. That's the one, Vim. Vim powder. Yes. Uh, good. Oh, that's good. That was a great little question. Yeah, it was a really, really good little question. Well thank, done, whoever wrote thank it. Thank you very much to Magic HQ for that. It's Mel G on Magic. And it's time. I'm, my shoulders are back. I'm in a good, erect position. I am readying myself for this. It's time for Tell Mel. You can literally ask me anything. Let's start. Hi Mel, it's Millie. I'm bored and I want to take up a hobby. So what would be a great new hobby and where do I start? Millie, what you do is you go out and you start anchovy fishing, my friend. You go out at night because we know they're best fished by moonlight. You get a big old net and you try and forest and farm as many anchovies as you can. Next. Hi Mel, it's Greg. I love my partner, but she keeps popping to the local shops in her pyjamas. She doesn't see it as a problem. But outdoor pyjama wearing is wrong, surely? Greg, no it isn't, my friend. I'm going to have to literally, in almost a shock jock type way, just very much have you over the coals on this. If she's wearing pyjamas and nothing else, I might say to her, put on a jacket. But honestly, Greg, it's completely fine. I'm imagining she has a very superior pair of pyjamas, possibly something with, I don't know, a fur line. It's absolutely fine, Greg. Go with it. Wear pyjamas yourself. Join her. You'll feel much better about the whole problem. Next, please. Hi, Mel. It's Jane. My 11-year-old daughter wants a mobile phone. She says all her friends at school have them. What's the Mel advised age for kids to get a phone? Jane, I would say the advice is never get a mobile phone. Never, ever, ever. Give her a pretend one. She won't even notice the difference. Or, failing that, give her one which is just so old school and embarrassing with one of those twisty wires and the and the batteries about the size of a suitcase. Keep her off the phone for as long as possible. A stick will do and a hoop and a ball, Jane. That's what I'm saying. Good. Have we got any more people in the Telmel surgery? No, we don't. That's it. Enough for next time. I'm going now to get my tweed cape on. Thanks very much for uh, listening to that little uh, podcast. Hear more larkish behaviour like this every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast.